Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you're doing well. Hope the grass is green. I know it's been a lot going out there. People have been paying so much attention to the weather after the, the drought that we had uh, throughout the state of Texas and uh, a lot of rejoicing going on uh, as well. And I'm sure those football fields are going to be looking great for this weekend, uh, Friday Night Lights. But hey, this isn't a show about the weather. We do talk football sometimes, but our focus is the issues of faith, family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. And if you're new to our show, we do this show every week. We go for about 30 minutes and we talk about what's happening, the latest is what's happening on these issues in the state of Texas, and also as it relates to what ha what's happening across the country and the impact Texas is having. And an organization and a friend who knows about that is going to be our guest today. And we're excited to have him on the show because we're going to talk a little bit about um, some work that we're doing together, but also an event where he's going to be speaking at. Joseph Backholm is the Senior Fellow for Biblical Worldview and also Strategic Engagement for Family Research Council. He has a law degree and a tremendous amount of experience in law and policy. He was former the uh, former head and the Fa uh, Family Policy Council Executive Director for the state of Washington, which is the position that I'm in for the state of Texas. Uh, and he continues to do great work, not only in Washington, D.C., where he is now, but across the country. Joseph, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Hey, thanks so much, Jonathan. Great to be with you. Well, it's good to have you on again. I know over the years we've been able to do some great work together in a variety of different roles that you had. At one point, you lived in Texas for a little while, and uh, sorry to, that we don't get to see each other as often, but I'm looking forward to seeing you come a couple of weeks, actually about four weeks from now. We're going to have our Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum right here in Texas, in Central Texas. Joseph is going to be one of our speakers. I think I can. it's safe to say he's going to be speaking on Friday. The event's on September 23rd and 24th, and we'll get into a little bit of details about that event. But Joseph, you've been doing some great work for Family Research Council, and I know they do a variety of different work on, on issues, life, religious freedom, marriage and family, all that kind of good stuff. But I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your current role and some of the things you're doing, and then I want to get in some detail about how that relates to um, a recent court case and also the importance of Christian education. Yeah, well, my title, as you mentioned there, is Senior Fellow for Biblical Worldview, which means I get to talk a lot about biblical worldview. And in the, the short version of that is I try to convince people that uh, God understands the keys to human flourishing and that it's in our best interest to submit to that, to what he has told us is good for us. And uh, when we do, we benefit. And when we don't, we deal with the consequences. And I think there's a lot of evidence as we look around the world uh, that when we think we're smarter than God, uh, there's a lot of pain that results. Well, look, and, you know, there's a lot of discussion about these issues right now. When you look at what happened at the U.S. Supreme Court, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, you look at some of the recent religious freedom cases that have come up and some of the change and the difference of the analysis that the court is dealing with. And those are court cases that relate to law and policy, but they're right in the middle of some really big conversations that people are having throughout our culture, throughout society. And so, and a lot of times when those things happen, we try to direct people back to, well, what does God say about these issues? What does God's word say about it? And it allows for a lot of good conversation. If people are watching on Facebook, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to share my face on uh, this video onto my Facebook feed on my personal account. 
I encourage you to do the same. And, um, you know, that way we can keep this conversation going. We can get into some different groups and really expand our reach. And we're going to have Joseph on for about 15 minutes, and then I'm going to have some good commentary after that. And, okay, it's now shared on my page. So we invite you to do the same. So, Joseph, um, you're going to be speaking at our event in about four weeks here in Austin. And we're excited to have you in, in a real key topic, right? When we think about the school choice issue, we think about the different um, options that people have. A lot of people are going back to school either this week or last week. But I know one of the things you're going to talk about is the importance of churches getting involved in starting their own school and the importance of that. Tell us how the conversations have been going as you've been talking about that across the country and a little bit about maybe why this U.S. Supreme Court case out of Maine is going to help. Yeah, well, at the school level, we, we've seen, you know, COVID kind of pulled back the curtain a bit, and there has been all sorts of frustration. There was frustration with mass policies and COVID, and certainly with uh, critical race theory and this idea that this is now a curriculum and co components of that being introduced and, and children being taught that the most important thing about them is their race and helping them to, you know, see their classmates as different than them and perhaps even uh, adversarial uh, because of skin color. And then um, we see all this LGBT sex ed stuff. Uh, we see uh, drag queens coming into school rules uh, for assemblies. And there's a lot of parents who are like, no, we shouldn't be doing that. Or we're telling first and second graders that they can change their gender if they want to in, in specific schools. All of this uh, is a function and, and the frustration uh, that we feel and how do we solve this is a function of the fact that there's a system, there's a, a government education system that is really a monopoly for most people. And, and the tragedy is at this point that the only people who have choice are the people who have the means to have choice. And sometimes that means there's a family situation that allows them. Uh, there's a mom who can uh, stay home and is capable of homeschooling, or in some cases, they just have the financial means to yeah. do that. Uh, but it is a grave injustice that the only people in America who can escape what are in many cases very harmful education environments are those who can afford to do so. And there's a lot of work being done on that. But as the curtain has been pulled back and Americans have become more aware of the challenges with the status quo in terms of the governmental monopoly. Something else happened that was really important, which is the Supreme Court in the case of Carson v. Macon. Uh, they said that if there is a school choice program in the state, you cannot discriminate against religious institutions in that school choice program, which means if Texas passes a law like they now have in Arizona, which is an education savings account, which says that every parent gets $7,000 per student to use any way they want, including religious education, if they decide that's the best way to do it, that is now legal. Uh, and it is now illegal, better way to say this, to discriminate against religious institutions. The challenge that we have is we don't have the infrastructure within the church yet to bring all of that back inside the church. We have been outsourcing the education and discipleship and formation of our kids to the government school system for a very long time. There is now a historically good opportunity to bring the education and discipleship of Christian kids back inside the church but the church needs to build the infrastructure so that we can do that. We've seen the harm of outsourcing it and, and the, the very effective way in which uh, this school system and the culture are converting Christian kids. We have kids, send them to their schools, they convert them. 
Uh, but that doesn't need to stay that way anymore. We can use the same dollars that are being used to turn our kids into pagans to turn them into disciples of Jesus as long as we do the hard work of building the, that infrastructure. We're talking with Joseph Backholm. He is Senior Fellow for Biblical Worldview and Strategic Engagement for Family Research Council, which is headed up by our good friend, Tony Perkins. They've been doing great work for decades. And so we're excited to continue our friendship and partnership with them and also talk about an important issue. You know, Joseph, you think about, and I see this all the time, you go into some communities and you see some private schools that existed before that either are shut down or they're not doing so well. It can be difficult, if you will, to compete against some of the public schools with what the taxpayers are building these days with their own dollars. Um, you know, some of these places are castles. They're incredible, right? Some of the sizes of them. And so you think about some of the things that it looks like they can offer. And then it's, you know, to your point, right? For many people, they don't have another option. They can't afford or they um, to send their kid to a private school with the expenses, or they don't have a parent that can stay home and maybe do some of the homeschooling. But there's a lot of history of Christian churches having their own schools and being a part of this education. Some have been able to continue it, and some have kind of gone up and down, and some of it is because of the legal environment, uh, of this sense that, you know, uh, of not having the freedom as a parent to decide where your dollars are going to be spent. And, you know, some people talk about the public school, you will almost having a monopoly, but that's true. After COVID, a lot of people said, you know what, maybe I need to take a closer look at this on how I'm handling this. And, and now they're finding out more of what's being taught. So you have, you know, a lot of things clashing at the same time or intersecting um, with some of the propaganda, the liberal ideology, critical race theory, all these things. And it's giving parents more and more reasons to say, I want to see what some of my, you know, what more of my options are. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the history of this is, is really interesting because I know you're Catholic, Jonathan, and there was at one point the public school was essentially a Protestant school system. And there were these things called Blaine Amendments that were passed that were really just anti-Catholic efforts to make sure that tax dollars couldn't be used uh, to fund Catholic education in the Catholic school system because they wanted to use the tax dollars for Protestant education in the public school. But over time, we now know that the Protestant the, the public school system is no longer run by Protestants primarily. It is run by people who in many cases are very antagonistic to Protestantism, Catholicism, any other kind of religion. It's a deeply secular religion that is there. But what the Protestants haven't done is respond by doing the hard work that the Catholic Church did was, well, we're going to build our own institutions. We're going to educate our own kids. We just continue to send our Christian kids to the secular materialist pagan schools. And so they can convert our kids into those things. And it makes no sense. They've been doing it with our dollars. Our kids are being taught in many cases, not every case. There are many great uh, people in the public sure. school system. My sister is one of them, of course. And there's lots of great teachers, but so many of them actually dis have a strong dislike for the parents of the students that are in their classrooms every day. And well, yeah, and some are, they're describing some parents as domestic terrorists. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, and, and, and even if they don't say it sometimes, there's almost that you can just sort of sense that either they're trying to hide things or that, you know, parents are sort of seen as suspicious. And, you know, I mean, and, and particularly sometimes when kids are younger, kids are still trying to, you know, develop some independence. But, you know, just these are just more reasons why people are, are thinking, 
what are my options? And even if it requires a sacrifice, or even if it requires that looking what the law is on some of these issues and how money is spent and opening up to the concept of some of these different type of efforts, you know, the educational savings program, things of that nature. And now we've got the Supreme Court making it even more clear that you don't have a constitutional violation. You don't have any legal issues because a lot of times, and you and I may appreciate that a little bit more as lawyers, but, you know, someone say, oh, well, that's unconstitutional or we're going to face a lawsuit. And they kind of come up with these pretext reasons or these reasons that really aren't the reasons to sort of hide behind allowing this freedom. Well, I'm looking forward to you talking a little bit more at our event, which is on Friday, September 23rd and Saturday, September 24th. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, sales are going really well. And they're heating up because we've got an incredible lineup, which includes Joseph, Senator Ted Cruz, Attorney General Ken Paxson, Kristen Hawkins from Students for Life of America, Coach Kennedy, speaking of religious freedom in schools, who won his football prayer case at the U.S. Supreme Court. That may even change some of the dynamics of how these issues are looked at as well. But Joseph, you've been to some different states. You were in Washington, which is where you're from originally for quite some time. You spent a little time in Texas and you've been to other states I know where you've traveled. And you're right. My kids are in, in Catholic school. It's not without some sacrifice. And we're, you know, I, I feel um, fortunate that it's really right in the neighborhood, the community where we live in. And that can be true for other schools, too. Um, when you talk about it across the country, is, are you hearing some churches and, and Christians think, you know what, maybe we should be thinking about this more now? Yeah. There is no doubt that we we are on, we are at the beginning of a massive reformation of how education in America is done. And honestly, COVID, it wouldn't have happened without COVID because COVID really, uh, again, pulled the curtain back so people can see what is happening. Uh, this, so, so the change is happening that's cultural because parents uh, have had enough. They've learned what's happening and they don't love it. They are really interested in, in options and change. They've seen now that the teachers unions, uh, teachers have had so much sympathy and deserve a lot of sympathy, but the sure. teachers unions, which really is political entities, have been the enemies of innovation and choice and options for parents for a long time. They have lost the sympathy through COVID that they once had uh, that made them really political, uh, powerful political forces. And then again, the what the Supreme Court has done to open up these options so we can use these uh, these choice programs, not just for secular education, but also for uh, discipleship education and for Christian education, uh, because we're no longer allowed to discriminate in that way. Um, th this has created a just, we, we are at the beginning of I, what we saw in Arizona with that school choice program will soon come to Ohio, which I think I'm already hearing the, the chatter in Texas that this is going to develop there as well. I think we're just going to continue to see this snowball where 10, 15 years from now, the idea that we didn't have options, that we were stuck um, as basically prisoners in whatever school the government decided we had to go to that was closest to our house, that will be unthinkable uh, very soon. And we're in the beginning of, of building that process. Well, look, and, and a lot of people in, in the public school system do wonderful work, but there's many others this is on them. They have brought this on themselves. And parents have been complaining for years about some of these things. They've been dismissed at hearings. Some of them have been arrested in the state of Texas. And there are always a lot of parents behind them that aren't saying anything publicly, but share some of those same concerns. You know, when some, some of these school board members get reelected, they're sort of dismissive. We just had some huge outcomes on school board elections recently that have been changing some of the policies here and there in the state of Texas as well. 
And, and when you stop listening to the parents over time, they start looking at options and it just builds up for the reasons for them to feel like the, you know, some of the people that are in charge of, they're a part of this management, if you will, and the leadership don't care what those parents think. And then they start pushing a lot of political ideology, drag queen story hours and, and drag queen reading at events. Things are just have no business being in a public school in the education environment and they've taken it too far. And so um, just a lot of things happening that is just creating a lot of interest in this conversation. And so Corey DeAngelis, who's going around the state, he's stirring up some interest and in talk. He's going to be at our event, too. We're going to be talking about this issue, but we're going to hit it at different angles. So I'm excited about you bringing it that Christian worldview and some of that Christian history to get people some perspective of maybe how we got here, but also how we can move forward. So September 23rd, 24th, Joseph Backholm is going to be at our event here in Austin. Go to our website, txvalues.org. Before we close out, Joseph, we're celebrating today in the state of Texas. The Human Life Protection Act has gone into effect. And um, a lot of people are talking about all the pro-life victories. Tell us just real quick um, why that's been important for Family Research Council. Well, life is the first, it is the first Right. And, and it's such a great development that we've seen, not only with the, the development of uh, the overturn of Roe versus Wade, but what you have done there in Texas uh, with the heartbeat bill there. Uh, so much good momentum. And we see setbacks and, and we know that we, there was a vote in Kansas that took place a couple of weeks ago that was discouraging. It's, it was confusing. And I don't know that necessarily represents how the state feels on life, but that's the nature of political battles is there is deception, there is confusion and things happen uh, that we don't plan for. But uh, the trend is moving in the right direction on the life issue. We are so grateful for that. And, and it's, it's fun to see the various successes, the way that the country is coming to terms with the fact that if you don't have the right to life, uh, you don't really have any rights at all. And so I'm, I'm encouraged by the, the momentum that we see around the country and uh, happy to celebrate with you today. On all hey, well, look, we, and we, we appreciate y'all's support. I mean, Family Research Council has been very active on these life issues, particularly supportive of our work here in the state of Texas. And, it, you know, and, and there's still work to do, right? Supporting the pregnancy centers. And, um, you know, Texas has allocated $100 million dollars and the alternatives to abortion program to support these efforts. But, you know, we've reached some incredible milestones and that's because not only work at the state level, but our national partners as well. And Family Research Council has been a big part of that. So Joseph, we're looking forward to seeing you in about four weeks at our event and um, spending some time together, but also sharing good information. And we're excited that Joseph back home and thankful that he was our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thanks so much, Jonathan. All right. Appreciate you, Joseph. All right. We're going to let him run. So I, you know, look, speaking of education, there have been some big issues that I want to talk to you about, too, leading into next week. OK, not only the choice issues and the Christian education issues, but the State Board of Education and more reasons of why people are looking for choices when it comes to where they're going to send their kids to school is because State Board of Education routinely looks at different subject areas. And the process of the TEA, the Texas Education Agency, allows these unelected group of people called work groups to make recommendations about what should be taught in schools and what shouldn't, and if any changes need to be made. And quite often, the recommendations they make seem to be way out of step with what most people would support, and they seem to be controversial. And a lot of times they seem to be focused at our Judeo-Christian history and getting rid of a lot of that. 
And that's very concerning, particularly when you're teaching about social studies and history. Excuse me. So on Tuesday next week through third through Friday, the State Board of Education is again going to be taking testimony. And I believe signups for the testimony by the public started today. If you're watching this live on Thursday, if you're listening on Saturday, um, you may you need to check your email and see if there's still time to sign up. But next week, Tuesday through Friday, we're going to be at the State Board of Education. Why? Because some of these unelected people are trying to convince the State Board of Education to stop teaching about in God we trust. This is already a part of our teaching in Texas schools. We know there's a new law that says you have to have this message hung somewhere in the schools, but there's an effort to stop teaching it and its history and significance in our schools. And we've been pushing back against that. There have been uh, attacks against um, talking about how Moses has a connection to law and policy. This is something the Supreme Court and a lot of our buildings in DC have acknowledged for years. The Supreme Court has said this is okay. In addition to um, uh, earlier in the year, people pushing critical race theory, trying to take out some more of our historical figures and really pushing a lot of LGBT ideology. Go to our website, txvalues.org. We put an action alert out earlier this week, a blog post. You need to call and email your State Board of Education. These are elected representatives. There are 15 of them that they split up different portions geographically of the state. The votes could be really close and apparently they haven't got the message, okay? Some of them. Because otherwise, after that last meeting, they would have sent out a directive saying these changes that were sent to us are unacceptable and they've got to either be completely rewritten or these corrections have to be made. I think the system is broken anyway of how they allow these work groups to put them in a position of saying, oh, we think all these changes need to be made. And then they have to take public votes um, reversing a lot of that stuff because it should have never been suggested to begin with. Um, and so all of this to say, very important for you to engage next week on what's happening at the State Board of Education in Texas. We got you prepared. Go to our website, txvalues.org or txvaluesaction.org. You can see our action alerts. You can make the phone call. You can see, send an email or you can sign up to show up and we'll help you get prepared to testify on these type of issues. I've been doing work at the State Board of Education since 2007. What is that? 15 years. And, you know, since Texas Value started in 2012, we have been at just about every state board of education meeting. So and, and we're not going to do this work by ourselves. There are a lot of our friends that are teaming up on this issue and they're going to be I mean, we're going to have a united front of some tremendous groups and individuals and a lot of parents that have had enough with all of this stuff. They've had enough with this attack on our fundamental principles and the things that uh make America an exceptional nation as it is. One of the things that was recommended is to stop teaching about the First Amendment of the, the Constitution. I mean, these things do not get any more important. If we stop teaching kids about this, we are going to completely lose our way for the next generation, and they're going to have no real and accurate idea of what we've been about and why our Constitution is one of the longest-running constitutions of any country in history, right? And, and so there's a there's a really, and look, we know how important Texas is to the rest of the country. And so it is important for them to, to know these foundational principles. These are not religious issues, okay? In God we trust is our national motto, all right? We decided back in the 50s, this was gonna be our national motto. The Supreme Court said, this is about a cultural identity of the country, it is not overtly or particularly religious to say you're forcing someone to, you know, to believe a specific denomination or not. This is about acknowledgement that there is a higher power. And, and this is something that 
that has united us for years in God we trust and what makes us different than other countries and helps prevent us from going down a road of socialism or communism or things that have led some other countries to be awful uh, to other people and groups of people that we've seen that have been a part of, of world wars in the past. And so anyway, a variety of different reasons why this is a rallying point. And, and, and honestly, it's probably one of the strongest opportunities we've had uh, to show the State Board of Education. And, and not all of them are against this, but even if they're supportive of it, they need to know I got 5,000 emails and phone calls when they go to the, to the, to the meeting next week. We're going to do this because I'm backing up what my constituents want. I'm telling you, the other side is motivated to attack and stop teaching in God we trust and a lot of our founding principles, including the First Amendment. Those State Board of Education members need to hear from you so they know they've got tremendous backing and they can talk about that next week. And you can come and testify, too, if you'd like. Um, I'd love to see there be so many people signed up that support these principles that they have to extend the meeting or it goes beyond midnight. You know, I was at a legislative hearing one time and we had so many people testifying at the Capitol that the chairman of the committee came up and said, Jonathan, please tell your people to stop testifying because we were wearing them out. But you know what? That's what it takes sometimes to get the message across. And I tell you what, they didn't forget about that. And that bill did end up passing. That was a religious freedom bill, as a matter of fact, on uh, protection of students' rights in public schools. Leave no doubt, right? Sprint across the finish line. All right, I got a couple, just a few seconds left. TXValues.org is our website. The event we're having is on September 23rd and 24th. We've got other great things planned for the rest of this year, but we can't do it without your financial support. You know, we're celebrating 10 years, 10 year anniversary this year. Make that tax deductible donation to TX Values, to Texas Values at TXValues.org. And that's how we'll protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.